Welcome to the Protos Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 10th of December and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week, Binance is hatching up a plan to bypass the UK's ban on the exchange. Craig Wright secures a court case win over a large Bitcoin stash, but he hasn't gotten off completely. And a chain analysis report says 5% of NFT traders make a whopping 80% of profits on Marketplace OpenSea. But first... Our week began with Binance planning to overturn the UK's ban on the exchange despite its ongoing battles with regulators the world over. Chief Exec Changpeng Zhao hinted that a UK-based subsidiary of the crypto exchange could launch within the next 18 months. In June, the Financial Conduct Authority effectively halted Binance's operations in the UK. The exchange failed to answer questions about how the company is run and where its headquarters are based. However, now its chief exec is optimistic about reinstatement. Zhao says the firm is fully re-engaged and is reapplying for a licence from the FCA in preparation to make another run at the UK market. Speaking to The Telegraph, Zhao said, quote, We are making a number of substantial changes in organisational structures, product offerings, our internal processes and the way we work with regulators. To get on good terms with UK watchdogs, the company has reportedly brought on board more than 200 compliance officers, including ex-FCA employees. If the company does manage to create a separate UK arm, it would echo 2019 when Binance US was launched. The US operation was too born out of increasing amounts of national regulatory scrutiny. This week's news is, some would say, a turn up for the books. We're normally hearing about Binance facing yet another regulatory battle. Territories including Japan, Malaysia, Thailand and the EU have all joined the UK and US in either limiting or banning its operations altogether. Binance US only offers a third of the tokens listed on its parent platform and doesn't support margin trading since it was created to appease the SEC. Then, back in May, the crypto exchange found itself under scrutiny on tax and money laundering offences by both the IRS and the Department of Justice. Next, in September, the Commodities and Futures Trading Commission opened an investigation into whether Binance staff illegally access customer transactions to manipulate crypto markets for profit. And all that took was a tip-off from an anonymous whistleblower. Next up, Craig Wright. You know that Aussie bloke who says he invented Bitcoin? Well, he's scored a win for the first time in a while. A Miami jury has decided to side with the self-proclaimed Bitcoin mastermind in his latest high court case. According to Law 360, he's been ordered to cough up a mere $100 million. And yes, that is considered a legal win for this case, at least, despite what is a huge sum for you and I. Things could have been so much worse for Wright. After all, $200 billion in damages were sought by the plaintiff. Now, in case you're not familiar, Wright had been fighting the estate of his late and alleged business partner, Dave Kleinman, over 1.1 million Bitcoin worth well over $50 billion today. This is the Bitcoin held in wallets belonging to pseudonymous creator Satoshi Nakamoto. Kleinman's brother Ira alleged that his brother worked alongside Wright to create the world's first digital currency and was therefore entitled to half of the stash. But Wright disagreed, saying that he and Kleinman had just been good friends. He argued to the jury that the late author and forensics expert didn't have the coding knowledge to make any meaningful contributions. But it wasn't plain sailing for Wright's case, however. During the trial, the judge had to reprimand him for sending subtle threats on messaging platform Slack to prosecution witnesses while they took the stand. Ballsy. 
Oh, and the jury found Wright guilty of conversion, which basically means stealing somebody else's property and pretending that it belongs to you. This is despite the jury agreeing that Wright had not breached any business partnership between himself and Kleiman. In this case, the guilty charge related to unspecified intellectual property Wright took from W&K Info Defence Research, the company that he and Kleiman founded back in 2011. Over the course of the trial, the jury heard about a number of projects, including testnet bitcoins, supercomputers and hard drives, which were all referred to as W&K's intellectual property. The money that Wright will have to hand over will go directly to W&K rather than to the Kleiman estate and, as specified by the jury, is to be paid in fiat and not Bitcoin. Speaking after the verdict, Wright told Law360 that he was incredibly relieved and that the $100 million verdict is, quote, not bad at all. He also said he doesn't intend to appeal the jury's decision, while the Kleiman estate is also claiming to be happy with the result. Ira Kleiman's attorney, Val Friedman, said the team was thrilled with the $100 million outcome. And lastly, we finish with a report from Chainalysis, revealing how just 5% of NFT traders have received 80% of the profits generated this year on marketplace OpenSea. It also found how just 20% of active wallets have initiated 80% of the secondary NFT sales. OpenSea has the highest trading volume by marketplace with $16 billion in sales so far this year. The report explains how an exclusive set of elite traders have sole access to private pre-sales where they enjoy a special discount. They're often the only ones to afford the most desirable NFTs. Prohibitively expensive tokens are statistically more likely to appreciate. Most NFT activity by dollar value occurs in the most expensive collections. What's interesting is how the bulk of NFTs, around 80% of them, are selling for less than $10,000. Chainalysis notes that NFTs with a price tag below 10k are accounting for just 11% of the total trading volume. Now, let's take a look at how it all works. When smart contracts generate NFTs for initial buyers, during brief ceremonies known as minting events, a small group of NFT traders have the advantage. These select few may snap up collectibles at a much lower price than others, a practice referred to as whitelisting. This makes all the difference for profitability. A Bloomberg report found that these advantaged traders are profiting three quarters of the time with regular NFT traders more likely to lose money at a rate of 79%. Getting whitelisted requires extensive social networking to gain access to exclusive online communities. To make things worse, frenzied collectors often lose tremendous fees to the Ethereum network during congested minting events. In July, buyers lost around $550,000 in fees during failed attempts to mint Stoner Cats collectibles. No refunds were ever issued. An analysis of the problem indicates that senders of these transactions don't limit gas allowance, which lets miners claim exorbitantly high amounts. Others simply blame the problem on Ethereum's general failure to scale. So far this year, NFT collectors and traders have sent $26.9 billion to ERC721 and ERC1155 contracts, two of the most commonly used standards. Elite NFT traders are often quickly flipping purchases to make a profit, usually within days of the NFT collections gaining a listing on secondary markets like OpenSea. But a research paper published in Nature found that out of 4.7 million NFT transactions between June 2017 and April 2021, 66% of secondary trades fetched a lower price than the earlier purchase. 
Bloomberg's analysis from mid-June to mid-September proved that 73% of OpenSea's NFTs were never resold, often because there's no bid for resale. CryptoPunks is one of the few collections that could maintain relatively high popularity among NFT traders for several months, with $3 billion in transactions sustained since March 2021. And that's your lot. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can cover in just one episode. So if you want more of the stories that matter, then check out protos.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protos podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then.